Marsh is over Petrangelo, right for Eichel. He shoots and scores! Off the bar it is! Tie game! Jack Eichel, power play goal! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Stone sets up Eichel across the line. Left wing Barbashev, Stone in front shot, score on the rebound! First try got stopped, second time gets through. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace hanging out inside T-Mobile Arena. Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... And here we go. Back-to-back situation for the Vegas Golden Knights. Shutout last night in Colorado, 3 to nothing. Certainly a lot to dissect from last night's game. We'll get into game ratings in just a little bit. We've also got one-timers coming at you in hour number two as we try our best to set the table for this game for the Vegas Golden Knights against the Boston Bruins. Uh, it might be the hardest back-to-back in, in hockey, right? Like I, I think that we look at it from a couple of different angles, but with how good the Boston Bruins have been this season, you go to Colorado, elevation, you come back home and you've got to take on the Boston Bruins. Boy, oh boy, that is a tall task for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, but as we talked about, as we just mentioned, there is some some, some different storylines to kind of keep an eye on for the Vegas Golden Knights going into this game against the Bruins. And a lot of it centers around goaltending. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, like right now we have kind of a couple of different ideas of what may or may not happen for the Golden Knights, and a lot of it stems from, you know, last night, the expectation of Aiden Hill getting back into the lineup. He remains unavailable for the Vegas Golden Knights, did not play last night in Colorado against the Avalanche. It was Yuri Patera. So let's start there with kind of our assessment of the game last night. To me, Yuri Patera was the best Vegas Golden Knight hockey player on the ice in Colorado no questions asked. I, I thought Patera for kind of that, that late notice start was really a bright spot for the Vegas Golden Knights. And so, Chris Chapman, I want to bring you in because I want to get your thoughts and opinions on Patera's game overall. Because, you know, to a man, I think after the game, you could see uh, some of the Golden Knights lamenting what what was maybe left on the table after a game like that from Yuri Patera. Well, Look, you give up two power play goals in that game, and then certainly the third goal, you, you can't really blame Patera for that. Um, you're right. He was the best player for the team last night. I don't want to give too much because I know we're going to get into our game ratings or yeah. we should be getting into our game ratings. So I don't want to give too much away, but I totally agree with you that I thought he was the best player on the ice for the Golden Knights. There was a moment where, um, you know, the, the Colorado was – on the power play, and he made a, a, a bunch of saves there. Um, look, this was a team that was thoroughly outplayed last night. Um, you knew Colorado had this game circled because we all, you and I both know, and I think a lot of people would, would know, that when the Colorado Avalanche lose 7 nothing to a team in a game that really, like it wasn't really a 7 nothing game, like it didn't feel like that in the arena that day, 
But when a team like Colorado gives up seven goals and they lose seven nothing, and then you factor in the beatdown that they got on the hands of the Boston Bruins and the beatdown they got on the hands of the Florida Panthers just a couple nights ago, you knew they were going to be gunning for the Golden Knights. And I thought Colorado was, was the better team. I mean, I, I don't even think there's any debate about that. And trouble, trouble with the special teams yet again. Another 0-4 night for the Golden Knights. Another game in which they've been shut out. I mean, look, I don't care who's in goal. If you don't score, you're not going to win. Oh, and, that's a good one. Yes, yes. There it is. Darren Millard, how you doing, buddy? Hey. I didn't know you guys were moved. I texted you. No, nothing came through. I didn't get anything. Oh, I got that's it. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. Chapman saw it. Yeah. I texted well, you. Well, it's not the first time that texts <laughs> haven't gone through in this no, group. No, no, it's it's, a, it's the Since the implementation of the Android phone that's, in the text group. No, I'm not taking, I'm not taking responsibility <laughs> that, for that. That has shut it down. That's, why, that is unreal to me. Why anybody <laughs> would decide to get an Android phone? I, actually, I saw actually, something last to, night. To be honest. A person that had a, had a hack, you know and they amazing? had an Android phone. And they said, this is the one time in 10 years I've been able to offer up a little bit of gloating because I've got an Android phone, and she admitted it'll be the last time for 20 years. No, 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 listen. The, the thing with Android is it always works. The, the issue is you guys and your apples. It's not my fault. Oh. I sent the text message. Chapman got it. He's got an iPhone. Yeah, like, I don't I know what to tell it. you, buddy. Yeah. But, but I, wasn't it two weeks ago where Chapman wasn't getting anything? Yeah, well, it was a couple that, weeks ago. You yeah. guys with yeah. the, with the uh, iPhones. What do you want from me? But Chapman and I can text back and forth. It's, I'm telling you, it's the Android. Do not, Chat, folks. Chapman, folks, Chapman also sent you a get, follow-up. Get, yeah, get yeah. The, uh, did, you, did you get my message? Nope. Oh. Nope. Okay. So well, clearly, we'll talk in the break then. If, clearly, if, there's an issue with with someone's iPhone. So if they don't score, they don't win. Well, there That's you go. That's true. Yeah. Yes, yes. But yeah. if they don't kill penalties, they don't they're win. not going to win. Yeah. And this has been a, an issue where it's been, like, full-on outplayed on both sides of the special teams. And if you can compete and be competitive on one side, you can kind of stay in the game a little bit. But it, it was a couple of games ago where they allowed – the power play goals and weren't able to capitalize on the five on threes. Mm -hmm. That was a doubling down in the negative. Last night was a very similar fashion. The first period was fine. The second period was hold on yeah. and try to get through it. Yeah. You still had a chance in the third period. Yeah. You were right there in the third period if you're able to get something on one of those power plays. Uh, and I'm, I'm somewhat encouraged that they can stay in a game like that when they're missing a bunch of people and some at the last minute. Uh, but the other side is your top players, offensive players, mm -hmm. up front were still there, and they weren't able to convert. Uh, did Jorgiev make a couple of big saves? Absolutely. But uh, I, I thought that game, despite being lopsided, mm -hmm. was still there for the taking for Vegas in the third period. It, it was there for them, and you're you're not wrong in that regard. I, Brett Howden hits a post, and I don't think he could have hammered that shot any harder. It's just unfortunate that it hits a post and goes out. That would have been a tie game in the second period, and that could have been something that changed the complexion. And then Georgiev makes a big save on Mark Stone on the power play. Like that, those plays were there for the Golden Knights. They just didn't have... They need have, more of those, though, right? They, they didn't like, have as many as, as you like to have in those moments, right? So like, like when we when we say you can recall all the chances right off the top of your head... There that, they are. That That's uh, sort of a, a red flag right there. Yeah, and, and that's really what it's kind of boiled down to for the Golden Knights. Like, there's chances... But it's only a handful of game. 
and they've got to get back to finding that aspect of their game where they are putting multiple chances, great looks on goaltenders, and they're finding more goals. Like this is a team that has had a lot, a lot of trouble scoring lately. And the traction that you'd like to see from some of those well-played games, it's not kind of finding its way into the next game. And you know, that's really what's at stake here for the Golden Knights is trying to find something to build on and then building on it. I've got some uh, developing news outside of the game. Okay. But it has just been announced that, I'll read you from the press release, Vegas Golden Knights owner and chairman Bill Foley has announced today, January 11th, the following ownership update. Okay. George, Gavin, Joe, and Phil Maloof have sold their remaining uh, indirect ownership interests in the Vegas Golden Knights to the Foley family. Oh, nice. So Bill Foley uh, adding to his ownership uh, stake in the Vegas Golden Knights. Already the majority owner, mm-hmm. but uh, just uh, following up and... Uh, and uh, acquiring a little bit more of a share of the, of the hockey team. So uh, that's uh, uh, when you hear ownership changes, uh, it does uh, bring into all kinds of questions because there's so many franchises that are changing hands these days. Uh, but Bill Foley has uh, purchased Bournemouth. Hey, he's out of the Vegas Nighthawks. He's mm-hmm. got volleyball coming at the Dollar Loan Center, the Henderson Silver Knights uh, football in New Zealand and, uh, and France. And now he's come back home mm-hmm. and, and purchased more of the Vegas Golden Knights. So I think that's an amazing, uh, not the, that there is anything that was uh, standing in the way or holding things back. Uh, the Maloose have been awesome partners, mm-hmm. but, uh, but more Bill Foley is always a good thing. Yeah, I can't get enough of, of Bill Foley and obviously what he's been able to accomplish here with the Vegas Golden Knights hockey in, in Las Vegas. So, um, And like, let's look at it from this perspective. The Golden Knights are undefeated under this change in ownership. You're right. Uh, and how you celebrate that? You go out and you win an original six game uh, against uh, the Boston Bruins. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, the 31st franchise, and the Boston Bruins uh, coming off the best regular season in National Hockey League history a year ago. This will be the first time that Bruce Cassidy faces the Boston Bruins under that banner. Yes. So I think there's a, there's a little bit of pride in Bruce Cassidy coming into this game, and uh, they lost at home last year both teams in the season series won on the road yeah. a year ago and i'm sure nothing would uh, make bruce happier to try to escape what uh, is happening with the hockey club right now than with a win over the boston bruins yeah i think that this is you know a really interesting opponent for a number of reasons but if you can get maybe uh, the ability for the the team to buy in and and win one for Bruce, so to speak, right? Like we know what they were able to do for Bruce in Boston last season. Maybe you're able to kind of bring those vibes to this game tonight. You get one for Bruce, and all of a sudden you start moving in the right direction, um, and, and that continuity that we've been looking for from game to game starts to show for the Golden Knights. Boston's not exactly running through strawberry fields right now enjoying all kinds of uh, sunshine and happiness big beatles fan they they have uh, really uh, hit a, a stumble when it comes to keeping the puck out of the net mm-hmm. the eight goals that they surrendered uh, against the Colorado Avalanche being a season high and then uh, losing on a overtime goal against the Arizona Coyotes you know Boston right now has the third most points lost in overtime or a shootout uh, this year. So there's 
there's one Achilles heel, even with the best of teams. You can find that one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it on, on a whole. But then lately, they've given up a lot of goals, so not sure exactly how long Linus Allmark uh, is, is going to be out. Have you, have you seen the update uh, regarding timeline? With Allmark, no, I haven't. So seen uh, it's going to be Jeremy Swayman uh, controlling the net uh, for just a little bit. Uh, th- this was going to be his start anyway, but uh, we'll see whether or not uh, what uh, has occurred with Boston spins into something else. So uh, Vegas can't feel sorry for themselves when they look across the ice and see uh, a team uh, scuffling along just a, a little bit uh, in their own regards, uh, trying to hold on to the division lead in the Atlantic. So I, I will just bring up here uh, Jim Montgomery on the injuries to Linus Olmark, Brandon Carlo, and Matt Potras. All day-to-day, all going to be with us throughout the trip. None of them are available tonight. So yeah. day-to-day is the most up-to-date timeline on Linus Olmark. Well, I saw Linus Olmark get uh, helped off the ice the other night. And <laughs> as, as a goaltender, it just looks more day-to-day. Now, is that a week? Is that two weeks? Then you get the All-Star uh, break in mm-hmm. there, which gets you into three weeks. Um, they would like him back before the break. Uh, he would like to be back before the break because that means he would be able to go on vacation instead of sitting around Boston rehabbing and, sure. and getting treatment. Uh, so that would be a positive for him. But uh, the, this will be an opportunity for them to lean into uh, half of their uh, great tandem in Jeremy Swayman, who on the heels of Linus Olmark winning the Vesna last year, mm-hmm. Swayman's got some pretty good numbers right now. They're all playing catch-up uh, to the likes of Connor Hellbuck at this moment. But uh, this, this, this Boston team... Uh, uh, is is uh, just struggling. So you, you might see uh, a more intense contest for a first meeting between an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference team than you otherwise might be served up. Yeah, and that should hopefully serve well for the Golden Knights because we've talked about at, at various times this season where this team has you know been able to find their game a little bit more in more intense matchups in in games that have a little bit more at stake so uh, ideally if you're able to get that tonight out of the golden knights against the bruins uh, that's that's something you hope to happen and, and again it, it it's gonna it's gonna be a, a work in progress as the golden knights navigate some of the injuries that they've been dealing with but you have to at some point kind of get back to your game get into your game play to your strengths and perhaps you can do that tonight against Boston. Well, fatigue is a concern when you're playing on back-to-back. And Boston's playing their third and four, but they've had a day off between uh, games two and three. Mm-hmm. So uh, both teams are going to be battling it tonight. The other side for Vegas is just availability. Right. Who Who is around tonight? They didn't skate today mm-hmm. uh, over at City National Arena. The only guy I saw on the ice was Logan Thompson uh, taking some shots. So that's encouraging. If Logan Thompson's on the ice taking some shots, uh, that tells me that he's feeling better yeah. uh, after missing the trip to Colorado because of illness. So encouraged that he may be able to start or at least dress uh, in this game because if he doesn't dress, do you have to play Yuri Patera mm-hmm. on a back-to-back scenario? Uh, he's Boy, has he been thrown to uh, his own abilities uh, this year in, in a couple of different situations in the Florida and the Tampa and then uh, the, the Colorado game last night. That's the life of a backup at times <laughs> where, you, where you get uh, some of those difficult uh, uh, 
opponents, and uh, and he is uh, being baptized by fire in this one. So, uh, but uh, seeing Logan on the ice and taking some shots is encouraging. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Matteo missed uh, last night. Uh, don't know what his status is, but uh, if it's not injury, then is he available to come back in? Uh, they went uh, eleven and seven last night, uh, mainly because of the unavailability of the forward. Yeah. And they had the extra defenseman there. Uh, I don't think that was a strategic plan by any means. It was more, we're on the road, it, it happens late, sure. and uh, we're going to go with this and, and make the best of it. Uh, I would anticipate they're back to, even if Amadio can't go, they will return to a traditional 12-6 and six format tonight. Who's the defenseman that then comes out? Uh Cormier saw some power play time last night. That's where uh, his minutes were bumped up. Uh, uh, Toei Bjornfort uh, was uh, was down around uh, nine minutes. So uh, who's, based on the minutes, uh, that would uh, lead you to believe that Bjornfort comes out. But uh, but based on uh, pairings, Bjornfort and, and Haig have played together a little bit uh, as of late. And uh, then they also have uh, Henderson available if they're, if they're looking for Something more than just uh, a, a body, some kind of uh, shuffle, a little bit of a shake-up, a jolt. Uh, you've got that. And not having a practice this morning, uh, we'll find out when they skate out for pregame warm-up. Yeah, I think everything's kind of up in the air in terms of that, right? I mean, obviously the Golden Knights can make some changes if they want to in terms of personnel coming into the lineup. Like we've seen Grigory Denisenko a couple of games. Uh, do you go in a different direction maybe in this one for Denisenko uh, in your bottom six? Do you, do you, you know... Caden Korzak is back and healthy, right? Like that could be an opportunity or an option for the Golden Knights as well. So it'll be interesting to see kind of as we get closer to game time who is available for the Golden Knights. But I would I would venture to guess, like you said, I'd expect 12 forwards and six defensemen. I don't think that you, you go 11 and 7 if not that situation being dictated by circumstance. And if you have the 12 forwards, the, the four full lines, do you shuffle those up a little bit? Mm-hmm. Do you change that combination uh, to try and get uh, somebody by the likes of John Lamarcheseau, yeah. second on the team in goals, uh, having a career year in points, but uh, hasn't uh, scored in his last seven. Love to get him going a little bit. Uh, Barbashev, uh, his shot volume was up in December when he was uh, scoring. That's dropped off a little bit. Uh, Mark Stone uh, and Chandler Stevenson, love to get that combination uh going in the right direction or do you put stone back with eichel and put marcia uh down now marcia is really flipped between eichel and carlson carlson's not in the lineup i i like to think that marcia could play with with anybody yeah but uh but for a uh just a, a jolt a little bit of a shock uh i wouldn't be surprised if we saw a, a couple of combinations or combinations changed early in the game yeah. if it's not going the right way. Yeah, I, I don't like the idea just based on, you know, where the Golden Knights are right now. No Carlson in the lineup, no Carriace. You don't have your tried and true fourth line that, that we, you know, we, we talk about as, as being a major strength of this team available to you. I don't like the idea of loading up Stone and Eichel together. Like, I know that it worked for those guys and, and certainly Ivan Barbashev alongside of them, but I think the best way to get through kind of this stretch without William Carlson is to have 
as as Bruce Cassidy's talked about, Jack Eichel driving a line and Mark Stone driving a line. So, but you got to get production. I, if if I, you're not going to get the production, then you got to be open to I, other things, I, right? I do understand that, but I think that if you load that up, it becomes too easy to shut it down for an opposition team, especially one uh, like the Bruins. So I. But what's I, your alternative, Ryan? I, I don't like know. Last last night is yeah, is I, your alternative. So I, I'm not saying you start that way tonight. I, I don't know how they'll they'll approach it. Yeah, but you you got to be open to some kind of flips. And and what I always loved was you'd uh, it's like Drysaddle and McDavid or mm. the Misfits yeah. uh, in the past. You could split them up and then go right back. Sure, and it almost offers a, a jolt at the start and then a bit of jump. When you, when you put them back together, you've got that option as well. So I, I think basically everything's on the table yeah, right now. For sure. you, you heard Bruce Cassidy last night in his postgame. Yeah. Uh, and for those that didn't hear, there was a question that, uh, that was put to Bruce that said, uh, what gives you optimism that this seven losses in nine games is going to turn around? And, and he was honest coming back not a lot right now yeah and and went through uh, some areas of concern with his hockey club he's a frustrated coach at this point uh, this uh type of stretch uh and then the absences of the bodies kind of uh made it feel even more challenging last night uh, with the the late unavailability of aiden hill and uh Michael Amadio uh, not being uh, able to go uh, made it more challenging. The frustration builds because you're swimming upstream and yeah. you're, you're really uh, against it. Uh, I, I think uh, based on those comments last night, uh, this is a coach that's uh, that's now willing to uh, go to further measures when it comes to trying to get this roster going. So what about the idea of, and this is just a, an idea that, you know, we saw at various stretches last season, Paul Cotter alongside Jack Eichel. Yeah. Right? Like, I think no, Paul No, I, I, I think it's all available. Because because I, I looked at last night's game, and I thought if you're looking at a player that was involved pretty regularly for the Golden Knights outside of Yuri Patera, who had a great game, I thought Paul Cotter had some really good moments last night in well, Colorado. Well, he was mic'd up. He, was, he, he wore the mic he, he was uh, for TNT. Something. Yeah. And uh, if, if you go back and check, this is, this is factual. Yeah. But uh, I know that you like to check my my statements, which is a good thing. Uh, everybody's got to be held accountable, and and I've been wrong uh, enough times to make you uh, feel justified in going down that path. Mm-hmm. Paul Cotter, when he's mic'd up, produces. Yeah. And while they didn't score last night, you're right. He he was noticeable. He 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 sometimes Jack Eichel in the national games mm-hmm. uh, get last year uh, specifically. Sure. Uh, was uh, was be able to put on shows so uh the cotter side i think i think cotter uh we we've liked uh, what we've seen up uh, up top in the top six we've liked uh, what we've seen with william carlson uh i think there's encouraging uh play on the fourth line i think jack would be there that that would be fine uh with jack uh they they also have a good relationship a fun relationship a yeah. uh, a, a uh, uh almost like uh High school jocular type relationship uh, sure, between yeah. the two, and uh, and I I think that that would be absolutely uh, available. He's a physical guy. He yeah. can go get pucks uh, along the lines of a uh, Barbashev. So um, yeah, I uh, like any almost anything could be rolled out tonight. Sure, and I wouldn't be surprised because of where Bruce is coming from. It's it's not like desperation or uh, massive frustration. 
It's just he's done a lot of talking. A lot yeah. of conversations have taken place. And they haven't turned the corner. There's been signs, mm-hmm. the Los Angeles game, the Islander game. You, you've had good performances in there. They just haven't been able to follow it up. They haven't won yeah. consecutive games in a month. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that uh, it's all available uh, right on down to maybe a promotion from Anderson. Yeah, and, and that's really kind of what we are, are trying to parse through when we, as we get closer and closer to game time. Because right now I, I think obviously there, there's, just, there's no real understanding of what the Golden Knights are going to roll out tonight. There are the usual suspects, the players you expect to play, certainly. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's, there's something that there's a shakeup that, that could potentially uh, jolt this team in the right direction, as you talked about. We haven't Bruce. seen that very often. No, we haven't. And, and, and it's not necessarily just making a change for the sake of making a change, but maybe that's where you're at right now. To simplify things, to get back to, to basics, you might have to shake things up a little bit. So I'm interested to see what Bruce Cassidy has in store tonight. Plenty more on the Vegas Golden Knights, but up next, John Shannon is going to drop by for his regular Thursday visit in the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hello, Canada and hockey fans in the United States and here from land. On the ice at Madison Square Garden, New York meets Montreal in the world's fastest game. It's officially on. A nice, gentle game full of battered shins, cracked skulls, broken arms, tangled legs, and nosedives. He used to have the most important job in Canada. Now he's willing to give us a few minutes. It's time to chat with John Shannon. Co-host of the Bob and Cowan podcast is John Shannon, joining us from uh, just outside of Toronto. And uh, I'm sorry, I apologize for Chris Chapman for committing one of the major blunders that a person from Las Vegas can do to a Canadian. I apologize profusely for that. What, did you talk about the weather? Yep, and complained <laughs> about how cold it is in Vegas. Well, but as I told Chris, I said, you know what, we, we still don't have snow here. And if this keeps up, I'm going to have to mow my lawn next week. <laughs> do, you, do you have the leaf blower out? No, I, I hire people for that. Oh, yeah. it's, it's minus 23 Celsius in Winnipeg and Brandon right now. So uh, the cold weather is coming your way. So get ready uh, with it. Uh, it it's, no, it's on the way. No, you guys don't understand it. Our weather, our weather comes from the U.S. Midwest. It comes up the Great Lakes. It doesn't come from Manitoba. That stuff goes to the Hudson's Bay. Uh, let's talk in a week and we'll see if you've changed your tune on that. I know there's some, some lake effect on that, but when you're, when you're bitching and complaining to me how cold it is in a week, when we have our regular catch up on the VGK insider show in Fox sports, Las Vegas, John and I talked yesterday. How long was that? Like, uh, 45, 50 minutes where we, we basically solved three teams, three organizations problems and uh, pumped the tires on another four. And I think we probably made two trades too. Yeah, yes, you're you're right. There, there's one in uh, particular uh, that is getting a lot of attention, and that's the Cutter Gauthier uh, transaction between Anaheim and Philadelphia. Cutter Gauthier did not want to play for the Flyers. He was drafted under a different regime, uh, and the current regime uh, in Keith Jones and Danny Breer couldn't convince him that uh, that things were all copacetic in Philadelphia, and he said he was going to play elsewhere, and they uh, went along with that. Uh, what's your feeling on, first, a player calling his own shot, and, two, not being forthcoming on the reason why he didn't want to play in Philadelphia? 
Well, it's funny. I think you you may be surprised with my answer. I actually have a ton of respect for the player in this situation. Um, You know, here's what's happened in professional sports, particularly in the NHL, when it comes to collective bargaining and negotiating contracts, is uh, players and leagues and teams have effectively uh, rookies to the wolves. All the collective bargaining says, Oh, you're you know you're in tight, you're in tough, uh, and then when you leave your entry level, that's when you're going to start to earn money. Um, for him to do this, to say I don't want to play there and be part of it, I, I think you have to. Uh, John, you're just cutting out. You're just cutting out a little bit. Can you can you start that again? Because we we lost you for about uh, thirty seconds. We'll reconnect with John Shannon uh, here in a second. Uh, John Shannon, our NHL insider, every week on the VGK Insider Show. Uh, he's right in every CBA that uh, that is re-upped where they make concessions. The Players Association makes concessions is uh, to the players that aren't part of the NHLPA yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's happened uh, since we've had these work stoppages in the mid-90s uh, all the way to the most recent uh, CBA. And uh, that's the, the reality of it. And they have very little to go with. Well, and it, it makes sense as to why, you know, the players that are collectively bargaining are the ones that are in the league right now. The the idea of, you know, you, you've come in as a rookie, you've gotten to the point where you are, or you have a say in it. And I well, they said it happened to me, yeah, so exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll so throw those might guys. as well throw you to the wolves as well. John, are you there? All right. Will uh, Chapman's still working on John Shannon? <laughs> that was good because uh, I'm, I'm not uh, getting the text, so yeah, uh, I'm going to lean on on Brian Wallace uh, for this. Uh, the other part of uh, this situation is the Philadelphia Flyers were the ones that did go public that Cutter Gauthier didn't want to play for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't have an issue with that. Nobody said the actual reason, Mm -hmm. but I don't have an issue with the Flyers telling their fans, look, we traded this top prospect that was just outstanding at the World Junior Championship. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why did we do it? Because they didn't want to play here. Yeah, I I don't have an issue with that either. I think for, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers, like I think it's important, right, to to kind of be open and and transparent and honest with their fans because this is a player that uh, I think a lot of Flyers fans hope to and wanted to see play for their organization to to have it kind of out there that this is the reason why it didn't work out. Makes a a lot of sense to me. So, John, uh, just to pick up uh, where you were, uh, you probably don't even know where where we lost you, but uh, just to relate to us why you're on the play side of this situation well I, you know I, I think we're in, in 2024 I, I think that you know the players rights have to be protected some way as well particularly the you know the younger guys um, and and if if cutter Gauthier, uh wants to play not play in Philadelphia that's his right not to sign a contract um, he can play college hockey some more uh, he can go to Europe as uh, we've seen other players do like Austin Matthews or he can wait uh, the term of uh, his, his draft uh, ownership by the Flyers, in this case, and sign as a free agent. We have seen this before. We've seen it with Adam Fox. Nobody's yeah. complaining about what Adam Fox now, a New York Ranger. No, Maybe but Calgary, Calgary and Carolina weren't happy about that. Yeah, well, who cares? You know, who, who cares about that? I mean, there was, at some point you have to protect the player, too. 
um, you, you know, Jimmy Vesey. Remember all uh, the hubbub yep. in Nashville? Um, everybody's forgotten Zach Hyman did this very thing, too, and now here he's at Edmonton uh, after being a draft pick of Florida and not signing with the Florida Panthers. This happens. Um, it just so happens it happened to the, the Philadelphia Flyers did a magnificent job uh, on Monday night on television um, of explaining their side. And, you know, Kurt Overhart and uh, Cutter Gauthier have decided not to explain their side. I, I have no problem with it at all. Do you, do you think Kurt and uh, Cutter owe it to the world uh, to explain why? Because out of, out of the sphere of un, unknown, people come up with their own reasons, and then it gets a little bit uh, taken out of, out of context and down wrong avenues. If you have a strong constitution and believe in yourself, you can live with the consequences. Okay. You, you know, and, and you and I have both worked alongside people with strong constitutions. And they know the truth, and they can move on. And again, it, 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 I, I just think that here's what's happened in our sport, is that we micromanage every second of every player's life now. I think that this has been blown out of proportion. So let's maybe take a look at the the return for Cutter Goche. Obviously, Jamie Drysdale uh, goes to the Philadelphia Flyers. In terms of you know this being a an untenable situation between the Flyers and Cutter Goche, how do you think Danny Briere and, and Keith Jones did in terms of the return on the trade? I think they did great. Hmm. I love Jamie Drysdale if he can stay healthy. He, he's he's one of the finest skaters you will see, uh, period, from just a, a pure effort level. I mean, it's just a, it, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, he has great puck sense. Uh, I think if, if Drysdale can stay healthy, he will be a really good alternative in Philadelphia under the circumstances. And the Flyers got a second-round pick as well, so good for them. And they kept it quiet, which was is a credit to Pat Verbeek as well uh, and the Anaheim Ducks uh, for this well, not getting no, out. To... As you know, because yes. you and I have had discussions with Pat, Yes, uh, Pat was mentored in many ways by Steve Eiserman, um, who is the king of secrets. And I think Pat Verbeek does a, a, a really good job of making sure what stays inside is inside and what needs to be said publicly gets said publicly. I said, I'll paraphrase my own uh, comments to Pat Verbeek when I was on with John on the Bob and Cowan podcast uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, Pat was talking about uh, this relationship with uh, Steve Eisenman, and I said something to the effect of, Pat, uh, I'm not sure I believe anything you're saying right now. Never mind uh, <laughs> what, what's going on. And, and he looked at me quizzically and, uh, and sort of uh, feigned that he didn't know what I was talking about to play along with a bit because yeah. uh, it, it, it is. Uh, they are a corner silence. So I, I give them both credit, but it was a wonderful art of managing a situation through PR that the Philadelphia Flyers did. And that defense now, like they replaced Provorov, basically, who they, they dealt in the uh, uh, last little bit. And that that's not a blue line of a rebuild. The, the blue line rebuild is almost already done, and then they, they massage up front. They, they've sped things up a lot. Well, you, you almost wonder if they sped him up too much in Philadelphia. Right. I, I think if you talk to some people inside the organization, they were still planning to get another high draft pick this year. Now, they still might, hmm. you know, because the wheels uh, have, uh, they're, they're not falling off in Philadelphia, but they're kind of wobbling right now. Uh, but th- they were expected to be 
uh, in the lottery this year again and hopefully get a, another solid young player. Um, but, you know, if they keep doing this and John Tortorella keeps overcoaching, uh, they're going to be in the hunt for a playoff spot. You know, I I kind of want to touch on John Tortorella because he, he's had a couple of moments, certainly over the last couple of days in, in his press conferences, maybe kind of taking the deflection away from Cutter Gauthier to a degree, and then certainly uh, trying to minimize some of those initial expectations for Jamie Drysdale. In terms of Tortorella and the job that he's done with the Flyers this season, and certainly what he's been able to do in the media the last couple of days. What's your view on whether or not the the Flyers are are able to continue to push this way with John Tortorella? Well, I, uh, full disclosure, Ryan, I am a huge John Tortorella fan. Yeah, uh, I have been for a long time, and and I'm a fan even if he wasn't a coach in the NHL. I think I think this this guy has created a persona as a hockey coach that totally is the antithesis of the person he is. Hmm. He is one of the kindest, gentlest, humane people I have ever met. Um, He's also very direct, which is what we've seen in the last couple of days. Uh, He's also very loyal and protective. Uh, And I don't think you can ask for anything more from a person or a hockey coach than, than those attributes. I think he's a brilliant tactician, and you you talk to most players, not all, because not everybody can please everybody all the time, mm-hmm. but you talk to most players that have played for this guy, they will go through a wall for him. I, I think the best example of it for me is that before they retired, uh, the Sedin twins, uh, when uh, he was coaching Columbus, uh, the Sedin twins would make sure if the Canucks came to town, they would go and spend an afternoon with John Tortorella the opposition coach, because they loved him so much. John Shannon's with us on the VGK Insider Show. Uh, you are following Winnipeg. Uh, they have won a bunch in a row. Uh, we've got the Edmonton Oilers uh, and the Florida Panthers riding eight-game winning streaks. Uh, Seattle and the Jets, uh, seven games each. Uh, what's going on in the water with those four teams? <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll tell you what. These are supposed I, to be the dog days, John. Yes, and Winnipeg's got to watch it because they were pretty good until this point last year, too. Yep. And they're going to have to push through, and that's one of the challenges. But let me, let me give you one statistic that I think is so impressive for the Winnipeg Jets. They have allowed three goals or less in 30 consecutive games. So, they, and I think it dates back to, if my memory serves me, November 2nd. Was against the last Vegas. Time a team scored five goals against them, and which team we you that way? Yeah, Vegas. That was the last time any team scored more than three goals against the Winnipeg Jets. That's why they're winning. They're they're playing. I mean, Hellebuck's playing out lights out, and they're playing great team defense. That and that's a big part of what Rick Bonus has instilled in this group. And then they have depth, and they're doing it without Kyle Connor. Uh, and they're doing it with a smile on their face in Winnipeg, which I don't think they had done very often in the last five or six years. This high watermark for that franchise, is it not, uh, to be on top of the National Hockey League for uh, more than, than a week? Yeah, I, I think that this, I think once, I want to say in 2016, for a two-day period, they were the number one team in the league that year, but this is certainly, uh, this is an unbelievable position the Jets have put themselves in. And in fact, guys, 
you know, here we are. I mean, I, I, I am a, a proud Canadian, but to, to think that the number one team in the NHL right now is the Winnipeg Jets and the number two team is the Vancouver Canucks. You have to shake your head when you we both when we all looked at what predictions would be for both those teams this season. And people will still argue that Toronto is the best team in Canada. <laughs> and they're not even in the top ten yet I, I, right now, are they? Yeah, I, don't think, I think they might be eleven. They might be ten. So, in terms of Winnipeg and Vancouver, as you mentioned, like Winnipeg had a great you know first half last year. They were in this position or close to it last season, then it kind of fell apart. Which of the two have the staying power, in your opinion, or? Do they both? Well, um, they have to stay healthy, and I don't have to tell people in Vegas about health when it comes to players. Both of them have number one goaltenders that have been healthy, and I don't have to tell anybody in Vegas about having a healthy goaltender. Um, at the same time, uh, what these guys have done is they're not flashes in the pan. They have won everywhere. They have played well all season long. I do think that it has staying power, Ryan. Mm. I do think both teams can keep this up. The only thing that will and could derail them, in my opinion, are injuries. And we haven't seen a major injury in either team yet. And even when I say that, I'm reminded that Kyle Connor is out of the lineup mm-hmm. for uh, Winnipeg, and he's going to be back by probably February 1st. Oh, they got to keep him out if he comes back, and they're still going. They got to keep him out. Well, it's a good problem to have. When and as again, I mean, uh, I'm a broken record about this. Uh, Winnipeg has been designed the way it is because of Vegas, and the depth in, uh, of the Jets forwards have been designed because of Vegas. And so now, Kevin Chevaldeoff and Rick Bonus have a great opportunity to put Kyle Connor back on a line with Mark Scheifele, and then they can take somebody off that has been very efficient, like. Alex Ayatollah, uh, and put him on another line, and they're going to be even that much more dangerous. Love catching up with you and uh, bringing us up to date with what's going on around the National Hockey League. And uh, I, I wasn't sure that we should go down this path, but your new nickname, you sent me a note you wanted to be known as Shanzafrats, so uh, I will refer to you as Shanzafrats from now on, if that's your wish. That was, I think, that was my doppelganger that sent you that. Because I can't even spell Shanzafrat. You pronounce it. It was either owl-faced or... or... But, no, see, I'm, but I'm used to owl-faced. Oh, boy. You, know, you can call me owl-faced. I'm okay. I'm okay with that, you know? You know that's okay. It's, 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 that's life, you know? You, you have to deal with what you've been dealt, you know? That's, that's the key. Do me a favor, say hi to George for me. Uh, oh, right now? See, see you're, you're, now, Darren, I have to talk to you. You know, we have to, I know we talk every every couple of days, but in order to create some spontaneity, you have to let me do it rather than you pretend. <laughs> no, I, I, I was telling you, George. like, if, if, if you're talking to George, uh, he and I were texting yesterday, but we didn't have a chance to catch up, and I wanted you to actually reach out and say hi to him for me, not well, just you know, the here's, the here's the thing, and what's going to happen now, as soon as I say, hey, hello, George, how are you? Good to hear from you. The phone's going to ring, and he's going to say hello and hang up. <laughs> just hello back, because he's always driving to the rink during our segment. Have a great night. <laughs> Thanks, John. And, uh, and uh, take care of the Boston Bruins, okay? Because I, uh, I want Bruce. I want Bruce to have that W. Yeah, under the Stanley Cup banner, it'd be a marvelous night. Uh, there's John Shannon, Shanzafrats, uh, on those with us on the VGA Insider Show. We'll be back to set up hour number two on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
That was Alex Petrangelo after last night's uh, loss against the Colorado Avalanche. Fourth time this year that the Vegas Golden Knights were blanked in a game, and they are right back at it tonight, hooking up with the Boston Bruins. And there's been a, a couple of transactions made by the Vegas Golden Knights. We will update you on that at the top of our number two, give you an idea of who is going to be going tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights in this game in which they'll try again to get going in the right direction. They've had a couple of good looks at it. Uh, the L.A. game right before New Year's mm-hmm. and weren't able to follow it up. And then the New York Islanders contest on the weekend yeah. really looked uh, positive. Yeah. And I wouldn't say last night was as much as a stumble as uh, it. Uh, you weren't on top of your game and the other team was flying. Mm-hmm. But uh, you weren't able to win two uh, in a row, and it's been since the middle of last month uh, that the Vegas Golden Knights won consecutive games. And when you're treading water and teams like Seattle and Edmonton and Winnipeg are racking up the wins, you're losing ground. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, losing ground is the great way to put it. For the Golden Knights, like they had a stranglehold at at one time on this division, and right now um, they're – they're watching the Vancouver Canucks continue to pile up wins. They're watching the Edmonton Oilers uh, on their second uh, eight-game win streak of the season. And right now, you've got to start putting points back in the bank. You're still in a really good spot, though. For sure. You're yeah. top eight in the National Hockey League, uh, a good weekend away from getting into the top five and challenging for the conference lead. Uh, we'll size that one up for you. And the latest on the VGK lineup. Coming up in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show from T-Mobile Arena, up from the press box today on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Stay with us.